Welcome to day 112 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today are 2 Kings chapters 15 through 17, and we're adding Psalm 47. Here's some thoughts to guide your reading for today. The chapters continue the back and forth between the kings of Judah and Israel. In fact, these chapters concentrate on kings that reigned in the 8th century BC, approximately from the year 775 to the year 722. Let's start again on the Judean side. Chapter 15, verses 1 through 7, described the significant reign of Azariah, also known as Uzziah. He was the 10th king of Judah after Solomon, and he reigned for 52 years. His name is closely associated with the calling of the prophet Isaiah, but in these brief verses, he's described as doing what was right, except for not removing all of the shrines in Judah. And due to this neglect, he's given a skin disease from God. Azariah is followed by his son Jotham, the 11th king of Judah. Jotham reigned 16 years and is described in chapter 15, verses 32 through 38. He too did what was right, and he too kept the shrines. He was the first Judean king to face an alliance of forces between the nation of Aram, led by King Rezin, and Israel or Ephraim, led by King Pekah. These two nations were trying to force Judah to join in this, what scholars call a Syria-Ephraimite alliance, against the rising superpower nation of Assyria. This alliance between Aram and Israel will play a significant role in the life of King Ahaz, the twelfth king of Judah, who reigned for 16 years after his father Azariah. His reign is described in chapter 16, verses 1 through 20. He's the first Judean king in a while described as evil. He even participates in child sacrifice. But faced with this threat from Aram and Israel, Ahaz makes a costly alliance with Assyria. He not only creates this unholy connection with Assyria, but he begins to reflect their religious practices as well. He redesigns the temple in ways that reflect Assyrian worship. The story is not told here in Kings, but in the book of Isaiah. It will be Ahaz who neglects the word of God through the prophet Isaiah and refuses to receive a sign from God assuring him of victory against Aram and Israel without having to make this costly connection and payoff to the king of Assyria. The bulk of these chapters focus on the kings from Israel or Ephraim, not just because they keep turning over in rapid succession, but because this will all lead up to the year 722 and Assyria's utter destruction of the northern tribes. Zechariah is the 15th king of Israel. His story is told in chapter 15, verses 8 through 12. Zechariah lasts six months. He's killed by Shalom and is the last of the four-generation dynasty of Jehu. Shalom becomes the 16th king. He's talked about in chapter 15, verses 13 through 15, and lasts only one month before he too is killed. He's killed by Menachem. His stories in chapter 15, verses 16 through 22 Menachem becomes the 17th king of Israel, and he rules for 10 years. He's not only evil, but ruthlessly violent. Facing the threat of the Assyrian superpower, he's able to temporarily buy off the king, Tiglath-Pileser, with a vast amount of silver. Menachem's son, Pekaniah, becomes the 18th king of Israel. His story is in chapter 15, verses 23 through 26, and he reigns for two years. He's evil and is killed by one of his officers, Pekah. Pekah then becomes king number 19 in his stories in chapter 15, verses 27 through 31. He rules for 20 years and brings a couple of decades of much-needed stability. He is evil 
and he's threatened by Assyria, and so forms an alliance with Aram and tries to force Judah to join. The 20th and final king of Israel is Hosea. His story is told in chapter 17, verses 1 through 6. He reigns for nine years. He, like the northern kings before him, is described as evil, but not as bad as those before him. Initially, he tries to make peace by paying tribute to Assyria, but then he tries to make a sneaky back-channel alliance with Egypt against Assyria. That whole plan backfires, and Shalmaneser of Assyria attacks Samaria and what remains of Israel's territory and people. After winning a decisive battle, Shalmaneser sends those in the north away to Assyria to be scattered and relocated throughout the land. They become the lost tribes of Israel. The king of Assyria then repopulates the territory of Samaria with other captured people from other nations. They haven't lived there very long when they're attacked by lions. So Shalmaneser sends an Israelite priest back to Samaria to try to teach these people the ways of Yahweh, whom they assume has sent lions because he's angry and he's the god of this new land. They learn some of the previous ways of Torah and the worship that made Israel Israel, but the text says they blended those ways of God with the religions that they brought with them. I think there are two important takeaways from these texts about the northern tribe's destruction. The first is the consistent perspective of judgment throughout the text. God had created Israel to be a unique people in the world, but they were wiped out because they failed to follow God's unique purpose for them. The second takeaway is the resentment that exists to this day, as the text says, toward the people who repopulated the land. In the New Testament, the label Samaritan is very negative. The people who moved into this land are viewed by Jewish people in Jesus' day as people who not only took over their ancestors' land and the land God promised to the people, but they view them as kind of wannabes who have culturally appropriated some Jewish practices, but have essentially violated them and syncretized them with other forms of paganism. That's why Jesus' parable will be so shocking. Even 800 years later, it will be impossible for a Jew to imagine the possibility of a good Samaritan. These texts lament the loss of the northern tribes and prepare us to focus on the Judean remnant in Jerusalem. They also make us ponder the forces that lead to both the rise and fall of nations. From the perspective of the narrator of Kings, a nation's future is tied more to its moral character than to its economic or military strength. Israel and Judah are certainly different nations than the other nations in history and have a different call from God. But that doesn't mean that there aren't lessons here for the moral life of modern nations as well as for the church. As the psalm for today, Psalm 47 states, God is king over the nations. God is king over the whole world. So pay close attention to the chapters for today, journal your thoughts, prayers, and questions, and pray for the moral state of the church and of the nations of the world. Our readings for tomorrow are 2 Kings chapters 18 through 20. I'll talk to you tomorrow.